Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Blackhawks Live. It's a break in there from the pass. The score! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain, go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live. Now, here's Joe Brand with Chris Bowden. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Different day and a little bit of a different time slot, but yes, Chris Bowden and I are here for Blackhawks Live. Congratulations to the Northwestern Wildcats with a big overtime win over Rutgers, but we've got some hockey to get to as the Blackhawks are coming off a rough loss against the Vancouver Canucks, and now they take on a very good opponent in the Minnesota Wild tomorrow night. But uh, I think the main talking point about this team is earlier this month there have been some rough losses, and then after that the Blackhawks strung together some good performances. So we appreciate those of you hanging around after the Northwestern game in the Blackhawks Live. And we're hoping, Chris, that the Blackhawks can hang around that momentum after a rough loss, use all that energy, use all that chip off their shoulder into the next game because it has been beneficial for them in the past. Yeah, it's uh, going to be a tough task against this Minnesota team that started their current five-game winning streak against the Blackhawks with those back-to-back right. victories. And when you look back at some of these flat performances, the most recent one came in that first game at the United Center against the Minnesota Wild, that 5-1 to one loss. So, uh, again, coming off uh, another disappointing performance against Vancouver, uh, has uh, Mark Crawford stopped uh, yelling yet from practice today, or is he still at fifth third right now? He, he yeah. could be, and and honestly, I think the team would be okay with it. Everyone kept talking about uh, the energy that Mark Crawford brought in, and Derek King had a couple of good quotes, too. Uh, we're going to be talking to Mackenzie Entwistle later on here on Blackhawks Live as well. We've got a Boykies giveaway, too. Why don't we go ahead and just uh, shoot that out right now, as we are taking you up to 9.30 before John Landecker takes over on the airwaves. But our Boykies question has uh, some parallel to uh, the question that was posed on Twitter on our WGN Sports Twitter account, but uh, we're going to stick with the topic of American-born NHL players. So if anyone can call 312-981-7200 and tell us what American-born what American born player yeah, has the most <laughs> NHL points it's in late. his career. Yeah, it's been a rough late night for all of us. What American-born, B-O-R-N, player has the most points in the NHL uh, in his career all time? 312-981-7200. Win a Boyke's prize pack. B-O-I-K-E-Y-S dot com. Use the promo code WGN. Any uh, G-rated response uh, to uh, the previous thing we were talking about, though, Chris? Yeah, well, our question was whether, uh, you know, when, when all is said and done, whether Patrick Kane ends up being the all-time best American-born uh, NHL player. And he's currently fourth on the all-time list. And again, we asked who the first guy is on that list. But as we go down that list, part of the equation here is he may never catch number one, and he's about uh, 250 points or so. A little less than that uh, from the all-time leader that we're asking about right now. But that all-time leader has won Stanley Cup. The number two person and number three person, the third person being, uh, well, we won't name names here, but the second and third 
place people do not have any Stanley Cups, and Patrick Kane, standing fourth on the list, has three of them. And the only other American-born player who comes uh, close to three, is actually match three, is former Blackhawk Chris Chelios himself, who has three Stanley Cups, if we're talking about American-born players. So who knows how long... PK-88 is going to be uh, around playing in the NHL. Uh, his energy levels certainly are high, even if though his production has slipped from about the midway point of last season. I think there's a whole lot more in that tank. He may end up catching number one, but uh, our, our poll question, and I think we can agree when all is said and done that Patrick Kane can be that guy, but you know, there's, there's still some, some youngins out there who, uh, in this offensive day and age, may be climbing the charts and actually... Austin Matthews uh, hit 400 points last night. He's gone over 400 career points at the age of 24 right now. But the most important aspect in evaluating all this is what I just mentioned, the Stanley Cups. Is Austin Matthews ever going to win a Stanley Cup with Toronto or whoever he plays for? It's a great team, but they've had their issues in the playoffs. So when we're weighing all this on the all-time charts, Austin Matthews is going to end up playing a little bit longer here once Patrick Kane retires I'm sure his career will go on but uh, just some of the things to consider here and there you know there's other great american born players that we don't know what their ceiling is going to be from the rookie Trevor Zegris to Jack Hughes to Jason Robertson man he is playing yeah. lights out for the Dallas Stars so just throwing some names out there, and uh, we're looking for the right name on our Boyke's question, too. Yeah, again, 312-981-7200, if you can call in and tell us what American-born player has the most NHL points in his career. Uh, speaking about throwing some names out there, the Blackhawks have thrown out some pretty significant names. Marion Hossa, Patrick Sharp, Eddie Olchek. They are three people that will be part of the committee, along with Mike Ford and Sportsology, to determine the next general manager for the Chicago Blackhawks. That will be something that will be addressed tomorrow during the town hall meeting before the game against the Minnesota Wild, uh, before this whole all-star break ensues. But uh, it's, a, it's a pretty big day in, in Blackhawks uh, organization history. It'll be Rocky Wirtz, it'll be Danny Wirtz, it'll be Jamie Faulkner taking questions from the media, taking quest- questions from fans. And uh, it's it's going to be uh, streamed and available, mm-hmm. and I think there's going to be a, a lot of important and, and big questions, but uh, more importantly, some clarification on a direction of who's going to be in charge with this organization moving forward, and I'm sure plenty of fans are going to be interested in hearing uh, what answers have to be said about it. Yeah, it all starts at 6.15 before an 8.30 puck drop tomorrow yeah. night against the Minnesota Wild, so there is a certain period of time. How long they're going to let this run will be interesting, but the questions are going to be a plenty. And this is actually the first time Rocky Wirtz is going to have any type of public comment with the exception of, I believe, the video. The Black and uh, Jenner uh, Yes, reveal, the Black yes. and Jenner report. First time Rocky Wirtz is going to have any type of public comment since, in almost two years, since March of 2020. So he'll be there along with uh, uh, his son and Jamie Faulkner, and they'll be taking questions from an audience in the atrium at the United Center. I'm not sure if they'll they'll also go online to the live stream to anybody who may ask a question, but the, the questions are going to be a plenty as they try to become as transparent as they want to be. And this is a very interesting first first step. You know, they're they're going to be asked things. I'm sure about what happened with John McDonald. Be interesting to see how they they answer that. Um, why no president of hockey operations since their last show? They came out with the announcement that they want their permanent guy in place before the trade deadline which is uh, now less than two months away with now Olchek and Hosa and Sharp helping out 
uh, that cause as well. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll be asked about the, the Kyle Beach situation, the on-ice product, ticket sales as well. Perhaps the futures of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves once mm-hmm. their contracts expire uh, after next season. So uh, it's going to be hopefully a fascinating listen, and I'm anxious to hear what some of their answers are going to be. Kyle Davidson is currently and has been the interim general manager since taking over for Stan Bowman once he stepped aside. Uh, the Blackhawks have announced that Kyle Davidson will be part, or rather a candidate, of the new GM search, uh, he will be thought of, and um, also just going as far to say that Kyle Davidson will have a significant role moving forward, even if it's not the general manager position, which, with everything that has happened and everything that Kyle Davidson has been a part of, I, I think that's totally fair. I think everything approaching that situation is the right way to do it. You're giving him the opportunity to take the job full-time after he's been able to sit in the chair for a couple of months. You're basically saying, listen, you are going to be a part of this moving forward even if you aren't continued with this role. Because I think that's important because they continue to give him full autonomy to do what he wants to do with the team and the organization. He's made a couple of moves, Mm -hmm. so at least there is a little bit of consistency that way if they choose not to go in the direction of um, continuing him being the general manager. So I I think that's the right move with Kyle Davidson. And they didn't really get in-depth about what that would entail for Derek King. Again, Derek King, as of right now, interim head coach. I would like to see something along the same lines with that, Derek. If we have a, if there is a decision to adjust the head coaching situation, you are going to be considered. You are going to be thought of. And if not, there is still a place for you in this organization. That's that's my honest personal opinion because he was in this organization before this with Rockford. He clearly responds well to these players. He clearly has a connection with them, and that is something he was able to do even before the head coaching role. I mean, mm-hmm. he's making connections with players down at the Rockford level. So, as far as that, and, and these are going to be very serious, big-time decisions, but I like that that is the way they've approached it so far with the people in place right now. And so, looking at the calendar, you would have to think they're going to have to have their permanent guy in place six weeks from now, if not a mm-hmm. little sooner. And if it's not Kyle, if they do bring in an outsider, that's kind of a, a, a challenging position ahead of the trade deadline with some of the interesting personnel decisions that are going to have to be made. If If this team continues on the path that it is right now, and the, and the amount of the amount of being on the outside looking in on the playoff picture that they are right now. And you know, just just as you brought that up and made me think of something, that's basically what the interview could just be. Okay, person A, person B, you would mm-hmm. like to be the general manager of the Blackhawks. What are you doing with this organization? Look at our roster forward? right now. And yes. What would you do come March twenty? What is your plan? <laughs> how how would you operate about that? And then. I guess you could even just base the decision off of those answers alone. So the the time constraints don't bother me as much because I feel like anyone going into that interview process has will have done the legwork, will have uh, had an idea of how they would approach the situation, and then they're just given the keys to the car, 
and they can go ahead and get on the highway or, or take the side streets. So Tick, tick, tick. Clock's ticking. It, it'll be interesting. It really will. We've got plenty to get to. Mackenzie Entwistle is going to join us after the 9 o'clock news. We'll also be talking about uh, last night's game against Vancouver, tomorrow night's game against Minnesota. It's a national broadcast, so it is a little bit of a flex time, but you can always catch the game right here on 720 WGN. David Jennings has your news next after that. Mackenzie Entwistle on Blackhawks Live. Dyson Mayo pinching in from the blue line. Pinched a little too far. Blackhawks have numbers going the other direction as Mackenzie Entwistle fires and scores! Entwistle busting in on the odd man rush as again Mayo pinched in a little too tight. And the Blackhawks went rolling out the other direction. And for Mackenzie Entwistle, it's his fourth on the year. And we got ourselves a tie hockey game early in the second period. Mackenzie Entwistle is our guest today on Blackhawks Live as we gear up for the big game against Minnesota tomorrow night along with Chris Bowden. I'm Joe Brand. Mackenzie, first off, thanks so much for taking some time out of your Tuesday nights. Now, listen, I, I know a lot of the conversation was about last night's game and yeah, somewhat of a flat effort, but there was a lot of intensity going on in tonight's practice, and that's one thing this team has been very good at this year is bouncing back from some of those rough, effort, rough efforts. So what gives you and your team the confidence that you can make that bounce back again tomorrow night against Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. Um, you know, it's uh, it's always nice chatting about hockey this late at night. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I think, um, you know, like you said, we, we've got a pretty uh, good group of guys in there that, um, you know, we've, we've uh, as a team this year, we've bounced back, um, you know, numerous times. So, I think, uh, like you said, we had a great practice day. Um, you know, we went over some video. We did some things um, as a team. And, uh, you know, we've, we've played Minnesota quite a bit this year. And I think we know what uh, they bring. They're a big, powerful team uh, uses their, that uses their size pretty well. So uh, we'll be ready for it. And um, like you said, we got to start on time tomorrow. Well, you've uh, played on that fourth line, so-called fourth line, much of the season with Ryan Carpenter. You've had, you know, another winger kind of rotate in and out. But a lot of times... Derek and his coaching staff have put a lot of trust in you based on the way you guys have put in the effort and, and performed. Uh, he's thrown you out there in some key situations. How happy are you with the performance of yourself and Ryan and whoever else may rotate in on that line with you guys this season? Yeah, it's great. I mean, anytime, uh, you know, you can play with a guy like uh, Ryan Carpenter. And then, uh, like you said, we, we've had a couple different wingers this year, but um you know they uh you know carpy's pretty easy guy to play with he's been in the league for a long time he knows uh how to get it done and um the right areas and it's been great just you know for me as a young guy being able to learn off of uh you know guys like that um you know he's pretty easy to play with he makes a lot of plays and um like you said kinger's been putting us out uh you know in in uh, big d zone draws some key situations and he trusts us in the d zone so um you know as a as a player that's what you want you want your coach to have have uh trust in you and, and be able to put you out there so um you know it's been uh obviously great and um like i said i'm just uh just learning and um each day trying to get better and, and learning from these guys and the coaching staff Earlier today, you were talking about some of the antics that you and Alex Dabrinkit have been getting into, but backing you with how good of a teammate he is and how you two used to compete in the OHL. What made him so good back then, and what part of that game has he brought here to the NHL? Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, like I said earlier today, he's a very special player. Um, you know, he's 
not only a special player, but, um, you know, I've got to know him off the ice as a person. And, uh, you know, he's an, he's an even better person um, away from the rink. I think, um, you know, anytime you get a guy like that, that's, uh, you know, as good as a hockey player as he is um, and as good as a guy as he is off the ice, uh, you know, it's it's the best of both worlds. I think, uh, you know, in junior, he he's just always been able to put the puck in the net. I think he's a pretty uh, crafty player. He is, um, you know, his strengths are his shot. And, um, you know, he's able to score from all over the ice, all areas of the ice. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he has fun. He has, he has fun doing it. So, um, you know, as a teammate, it's uh, it's great to go out there every day, compete with him and, um, you know, when, like I said earlier today, when you're putting up 40, 50 goals a year, um, you know, you're a pretty special player. Well, he's the guy who's going to be, uh, repping the, the jersey out in Las Vegas. Uh, kind of a twofold question here. I'm sure you've seen some of the, uh, some of the, uh, skills competitions with a kind of a unique Vegas twist that's, uh, are going to be going on this weekend. Uh, do, are you interested in watching that come, uh, Friday night? I believe it is. And, and what kind of plans do you have also during your uh, time off here during the All-Star break? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's always it's always fun watching uh watching the All-Star games. I think uh, you know, as a player, uh, you know, as a kid growing up, that was that was always, I always look forward to those days. Um, you know, I looking back, I remember the Kaner Superman. Um, you know, I remember uh the PK Subban one where he where he dressed up as Jainer Yager. You know, just some funny things like that. Uh, we've been trying to get Cat to to tell us what he's going to dress up as or if he's dressing up or what his shootout moves are and um, he won't. He won't. He won't tell anyone. So um, you know, I, I'm definitely gonna have to tune in and and uh, and watch and see what he does. But you know, I think uh, you know it'll be fun. He'll he'll have a great time there. Um, and then for me, I, you know, we get a couple of days off. I think a couple of us are gonna go on uh, you know a little little holiday, get away from the cold weather a bit, and um, you know, spend some time on on the beach and and just kind of recharge our batteries. Attaboy. That's Mackenzie and Whistle, our guest here on this week on Blackhawks Live. One more, Mackenzie, before we let you go. I, I, on your Wikipedia, it says your mom played volleyball, your dad played rugby. Then it goes on to say also played soccer, lacrosse, and ice hockey. But was that you or was that your dad that played soccer, lacrosse, and obviously hockey? Yeah, my dad. Uh, my dad's from uh, England, so he... Uh... He was a big soccer guy, and then, like you said, rugby. Um, he tried to put me in soccer I, as a young kid, and I hated it. And I, I couldn't <laughs> play. Um, you know, he—I mean—he still loves it. He still watches every Sunday morning. I wake up, and he's watching the—he's watching his team. And um, but no, it's—it's it's great. I think uh, you know, hockey has always been been my life. I grew up on a street, um, you know, a little cul-de-sac in Georgetown, just outside of Toronto, and. Um, you know, there was always hockey and lacrosse play, being played on our street. We had, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, a bunch of guys that, um, have played, uh, you know, professional lacrosse and, and also professional hockey, um, overseas in Europe. And there was always a game, whether it was winter, whether it was summer, there was always either a game of lacrosse or a game of road hockey going on. So that's how I got into it. And, um, you know, I, I eventually had to make the decision whether it was uh, going to be hockey or lacrosse and, um, you know, I just had a little bit more love for, for the game of hockey and, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been great. I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's, I'm thankful I, I'm not playing soccer and I'm doing something I, I love to do. <laughs> you never played volleyball with your mom? Never played volleyball. No, I played, uh, I played volleyball in, I mean, in, in school, I'm at elementary school, but, um, you know, as a kid, you just kind of try to play all the sports you can, but competitive, no, I never played, uh volleyball i was gonna say there's the parallels with soccer lacrosse and hockey but but not volleyball but uh glad glad you gave it a chance at least 
Yeah, yeah. No, I know. My, I'm sure my mom would want me to, and my dad would want me to keep playing soccer. My mom would probably want me to be playing volleyball, <laughs> but I'm sure they're happy. <laughs> That's great. Well, Mackenzie, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Thanks for hanging on, and uh, have have some fun just uh, recharging your batteries this weekend. Perfect. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mackenzie. That's Mackenzie Whistle with the Blackhawks. We're going to take another break. More Blackhawks Live when we come back. Wrapping up Blackhawks Live here on Already? 720 WG. And Thanks, Cats. We've got some time, though. Yeah, again, uh, thank you, Cats, but also big congratulations. What the- we need to do since the Bulls just won and we are awaiting a Swirsk uh, victory dance tweeted out, I think every time the Cats win and I think every time the Blackhawks win, Dave Ennett should post a victory dance and Joe Brand should tweet out a victory dance for I, those victories. I've already. What do you so- say, everybody? Let's- I've I've already sold my soul on social media enough this year, but I, I like the idea of Dave Ennett dancing every time the Northwestern Wildcats win. I, I think a lot of people would be tuned into that. We'll have to uh, Joe Brand too, though. Joe Brand. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll bring it up to Bust the drawing board. Probably not. Uh, I, I tweeted out a picture today of of practice. It was at the end of practice again that. Uh, energetic, very vocal practice of Mark Crawford getting uh, lighting a little fire underneath the team, but uh, just Kirby Doc and Derek King chatting away on the side of the ice. That's all it was. It was just a picture saying, "Hey, head coach, talking with Kirby Doc." And I'll be honest, I was I was kind of surprised with the backlash that it got. I mean, a lot of fans. Listen, I understand that Kirby Doc was the third overall pick. When he was chosen a couple years ago by the Hawks, I understand offensively, probably not where you would expect him to be. The kid is 21 years old, though, and I think it's just way too quick to put the dump button on Kirby Doc. And I'll be honest, like I understand fans' frustration. I understand wanting more from Kirby Doc, but man, I was not expecting that much backlash from just a simple picture of him talking with the head coach, which again just shows, hey, they're being transparent with each other. They're they're talking about things. I, I, I was just a little surprised by that. Well, if you didn't know, now you know why Kirby blitzed his social media accounts. Very true. Um, because of I, you, Black Nog. No, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think Kirby in a lot of ways is is... Kind of a lot like Jonathan psychologically mm-hmm. cares, cares, but when things aren't going well, he wears it. You mm-hmm. care it and you wear it. And um, that assist last night, just his second point in the last 13 games, first point in eight. And um, uh, we are we are such, uh, because of the social media world, we, we all want it now. And we, we, we check out the NHL landscape and we see 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds now younger than Kirby, just adapting quickly to the NHL, having an impact. And even though, you know, uh, I I know Kirby probably pays attention to what his point totals are and the games that he's putting in and, you know, the decisions that he makes on the ice that, you know, I I think he understands. Uh, He just has to get a little bit more confidence in taking that shot and taking it to the net and, you know, not being, I won't say passive, but, you know, deferring to some of his teammates on the ice. It's time now that he starts doing that. But by the same token, yeah, yeah, 21 years old, and he obviously cares a lot, and some of the stuff, you know, has reached him. So good on him for making that decision to shut things down for a while and and just kind of focus. And the other thing is, is, yeah, the expectations were high, and some of the roles that he is now being put in, 
don't necessarily translate to offensive production. Um, you know, uh, we thought the, the Blackhawks were going to end up having a much more productive top six overall, top nine overall, and that simply hasn't happened. And he's probably been a victim of that. But the role that Derek King has been placing him into is more of a defensive focus. And so he's taking that responsibility upon his shoulders. He said even for deleting his social media I'm trying to be that offensive player that social media th- thinks that that's the only way it is to play hockey. Mm-hmm. He, he made a crack at that, and I think he's right, because that's actually what Derek King is wanting from him. He wants him to play or do well playing without the puck, uh, doing things like winning those one-on-one battles, winning the face-offs, things like that. Patrick Kane talked about he sits next to Kirby Doc in the locker room, thinks he's got a good head on his shoulders, because he wants to be great. And when you come into the NHL, right from the get-go, you have an effect on the team, a positive effect. Then you go on and play in the bubble and and just really show something that people weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. He wants to get back to that level, but he wants to get even better than that. And that is a lot to put on a 21-year-old kid. But I also think he has the right attitude realizing, and he said this multiple times, I'm 21 years old playing in the best league in the world. So I'm going to... Try to enjoy that right now. Uh, I think it's 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 just a good experimental period for him right now to go ahead and delete Twitter, delete Instagram. He said he's picking up some new TV shows that he's watching. He also <laughs> pointed out how he's he's behind on news. He's behind on current events because that's how you get your information now, and he's right. Um, but again, I, I mean, just put yourself in a twenty-one-year-old's shoes and. Not not 21-year-old shoes, someone who is 21 and in their shoes, in their situation, and having that past success and trying to not only recreate it, but add on to it, but move on or do even better from it, that's, that's a tough situation for where he's at right now. And I think it's just very, very quick to say... Uh, everything about giving up on Kirby Doc right now. It's, it's way too soon to do any of that. Uh, two things, and uh, we've been spoiled by Alex DeBrinkett. We were spoiled by Patrick Kane and Jonathan mm-hmm. Taves, what they did at young age, but Alex DeBrinkett came in as a teenager and ends up scoring 30-some goals in his, in his rookie campaign. Uh, a pleasant surprise that nobody expected. The other part of this is I wonder where Kirby Doc would be after that momentum that he built in the bubble. All of a sudden... He has that wrist injury at World Juniors, and if you know he has to, he has to, and that could be a big factor too. Yes, yes. So he had all that confidence in the world. Mm-hmm. Then imagine what kind of confidence he would have if he led that junior team to the gold medal uh, a year or so ago. Uh, what that confidence level would be. But then you know he struggled physically coming back from that wrist injury and has never quite gotten back on track here. So. Uh, Let's blame Alex DeBrinkett for that, who's uh, going to the All-Star Game this weekend. And I mentioned to McKenzie, a lot of a lot of fun things to kind of watch on Friday night. They're doing it Vegas-style with the puck uh, shooting contest. They don't have all the details. that I think they want it to be a surprise going through the fountains at the Bellagio and then kind of doing a, a 21 blackjack hit the target with 52 cards out on the Las Vegas uh, Boulevard or Las Vegas Way. So that'll be fun. I wonder if McKenzie spilled the beans a little bit on what Alex is doing, though. He mentioned something about a shootout. I think he might have. I think he might have. Dylan Strom went to great lengths to try to to not spill the beans. And by by the way, the Breakaway Challenge, also on Friday night, Manon Rayom, the only woman to play in an NHL game preseason at that back in 1992, she's going to be one of the goaltenders at the Breakaway Challenge. And... 
She says uh, she just hopes he ends up uh, stopping more than get past her. I, I, before we close things out, uh, once again, 312-981-7200 for anyone that wants to win a Boyke's prize pack and call in and tell us what American-born player has the most NHL points in their career of all time. you got two minutes. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got a bone to pick with the Vancouver Canucks Twitter team. <laughs> uh, last night, after Vancouver beat the Blackhawks, they tweeted out, the in-arena host called us the struggling Canucks. Who are the in-arena hosts? Hold on. Based on tonight's game, which was last night, and the current standings, we beg to differ. Something along those lines. They could be talking about me. They could be talking about Jenna Rose. They could be talking about John Hansen. I did the pregame video with Jenna Rose, and we talked about we both used the term struggling Struggling. Canucks. I didn't follow along with everything that John Hansen said yesterday, but uh, maybe he said that as well. Here's the thing. I understand the Canucks have a better record than the Blackhawks. Heading into last night's game, Vancouver was 3-4-3 three, and three in their last 10, or last 9, obviously, or yeah, 10. The Blackhawks had a better record than that. It is okay to be struggling, even though if the team you are playing is lower in the standings, but they're not struggling as much. You can still struggle. You can still struggle, even though the team you are playing is struggling. Like I said in the post game last night, though, it's the wild, wild west. It's social media. Take your hits where they are. But it wasn't a completely wrong so statement. So sensitive. Maybe Bruce <laughs> Boudreaux was the one who saw that. Uh, I thought you were it. saying I was too sensitive. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, the, the Canucks, they may be struggling. They're struggling tonight at Nashville. The Blackhawks know all about struggling against Nashville. Sure. But the uh, Predators leading it 4-2 over the Canucks in the third period. Well, Late. I, I will be the bigger person of the situation. All I right. No I... caller. No caller. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to Katrina, who called in and had the right answer <laughs> once again. Uh, Mike Madano was the all-time American-born NHL points leader with 1,499, averaging uh, 0.92 points per game in his plus 1,300 games. That's going to do it for this week of Blackhawks Live. Again, the Hawks hosting Minnesota tomorrow night. We'll be back next week, back in Monday nights. We're going to go back to 7 o'clock as well, so we'll be right after Your Money Matters with John Hansen. That'll be from 7 to 8. Again, that will restart next Monday. Big thanks to Mackenzie Edwistle for joining us. Big thanks to our producer, Curtis Koch, and for my co-host, Chris Bowden. Snowmageddon! I'm, I'm Joe Brand. Yeah, stay warm, stay safe out there. David Jennings has the news next. After that, it's John Landecker. Thanks for listening to Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN.